0: Gemara, Rosh Hashanah daf Chav has been dedicated. Bel Fua Shlema Shem On Ben Simcha, En Nal Fanado B'Toch Israel, Amen. Today's is being studied. Bel Fua Shlema Chayas Simcha, En Nal We begin today's daf on Chabit Amud Bet and we're going to start at the Mishnah on the bottom of the Amud. And we begin, Berishonah. initially Hayu Masi'in Masu'ot So they used to have a system of torches that they would light torches and that's the way they would let the people in the diaspora know when Rosh Chodesh was. And again, the Mishnah will explain the system of relaying these torches. So But the kutim, they came along and they disrupted the process. And as a result, they had to make a different process. So they started. Then they would send out the, the messengers. And that would be the new system. So the old system was the torch system. And then the new system was the shiluchin. What was the system? How did they do this system of torches relaying the message? So it says they would bring these long poles of uh, cedar wood. And on the top of it, they would take kanim as reeds, as balsam wood, is flax, the and they would tie it on top of the pole with a string. little shahad, they would go to the top of the mountain. and they would set it on fire. umevi umale he would go up and down. or actually back and forth, and then up and down. I mean, he would wave it. et havero until. The guy standing at the next mountain can see it, so that's a relay. And then he does the same thing. Which mountains did they use, or which points did they use in order to relay these uh, fire messages? So it says, It "Started from which is Harazetim. Uh, the Sar'taba. is the next location. Umi Le Havran, le And when they got to Bet Balteen, Baltin, they would not uh, leave from there. They would keep on waving the torch back and forth up and down. Until he would see the entire diaspora light up in front of him like a bonfire. That doesn't mean the entire diaspora it means the city that was closest to Bet Baltim that can see the fire, which was uh, Pompedita. And then from Pompedita, they would send out the different messengers in order to see the, uh, to understand uh, when the Rosh Hodesh was. Now, if we look at Rashi, Barishona, Bechavot. Barishona, Hayu Masi Inmasuot, Vaharshi Kedishua Hodesh, Veloha Hayu the score, Shirochim, the Shlokh, Vadula,
1: the Right, you didn't need you didn't,
0: you didn't need a, a Shaliah system. Uh, you had a uh, the fire, the torch system.
1: <laughs> oh, so that's what they did. So that's
0: what they did. These guys, the wise guys called the kutim, they uh, made their own torch system when it wasn't a Let's say the was going to be a male. Let's say the was going to be on the thirty-first day. So they came along and they waved their torches on the thirtieth day, as a result making a shkodesh on uh, on the wrong day. So they, they started to they started to use the torch system to trick us. So therefore we realized it's not fail proof, and therefore we had to make a new system.
1: <laughs> Let me
0: explain that. <laughs> the Gemara is going to tell us that even during the torch, uh, you know, relay system, they would only do it on a chodesh Haser. That means if the previous month was 29 days, the edim would come on the 30th, so the 30th would be Rosh Chodesh. At the 30th at night, they would come and do Masuot. Everybody would know already the chodesh was Hased, and therefore they know the 30th was Rosh Chodesh. And if they didn't do Masuot that night, automatically you knew that it's a maleh, that's the way it was. They only did it on the Hasel. So, what did the what did the the, the Kutiim or the the uh, Kutim do exactly? That she,
1: the, the,
0: the rabbis decided to make an ibur, so they wanted to make the month thirty days, so the shkosh would not be until the thirty first day. If that's the case, there's no torches that month, and the kutim made their own torches. And they faked out the people to let them think that the uh, Rosh Chodesh was on the day that was uh, that really wasn't. So what did they do? They started a system of shenuchin. Okay, klosnot. <laughs> oh, oh,
1: okay. Okay.
0: Long poles <laughs> so they could <can> be seen. <laughs> right, these are just flammable <laughs> items. That's why they would put that on top of the poles
1: kun sibalaz questiona be khosham shiha belashah ke kelonasiyot o me ayna yumasim mas'oot ma shem ha harim me haram mishka taba da hadra be khule etagola bene babel an Right,
0: esh meaning it looks like a bonfire. Now the Gemara just has some semantics. How do you know the word Masien means to burn, to make a fire? Because it says uh, that they you masien massuot. So Gimara says, making a fire. When he burnt the what does it say? And what does it mean? By Yisayim, or meaning he burnt it. So you see the word masiim, uh, and that uh, verb is used for fire. Tanu rabana. Now the Gemara is going to give us the system that they used to do. In that they would make the torch system only for the. Uh, the new moon that was seen in its time, which means a regular month, a 29-day month, and then you have the 30th day as Dosh Chodesh. On that day, meaning the night after the 30th, that's when they would send out the, the fires. The atay masi'in le'or iburo. or iburo means the evening following the ibur, which means uh, they call the 30th day the ibur day, because that's the day they can add to the month. So thir- day 30 is called yom because That's the day if they want, they can you know, add, add to the month. But the rule was that they only do Masu'ot when the 30th itself is Rosh Chodesh. And again, at the 30th at night, they would get the, the torture signals and everybody would know it was a Chodesh Hasir, which we'd call that a 29er and 30 was Rosh Chodesh. So the Gemara says, Oh, the Memra, the Avdinan, av Lo Avdinam. So we see a rule over here. that They only did it for Chaser. And they didn't do it for Malay, for a full month, which means you didn't have to do it, because once they knew already, they didn't see the fire on the night of the 30, so they knew automatically it must not have been the Hasid, and no, day 31 must be Rosh Chodes, that was the system that they chose, only to indicate for one out of the two types of Rosh Chodes, And I will have to ask, you know, why, why was that, why is that a logical system, why not, why not do the Malay and not the Hasid, or why not do both? So why did they choose to do with that system? So the Gemara says, What's the reason for this? Which means, let's say you have a Rosh Chaser that falls out on a Friday, which means the 30th is a Friday. And the Chodesh is going to be that day. Now, what would be the normal way to let the people know about it? Friday night, which is the night after the 30, that's when they're ready. you're going to have to uh, send out the uh, the torches. But you can't send it out on Friday night because it's not. you can't be Mahalal Shabbat for this item. So when's the earliest going to be able to uh, to send it out? So the Gebra says, When are you going to be able to do this torch system? So it says, You're going to do it on Shabbat. Oh, if you're going to say that we also did it on the Malay, what's going to happen when they do it on Saturday night? The people are gonna think, oh, it's a maleh. They're gonna think that U actually was Shabbat. And they're not gonna know that Oshhodish was on Friday. But now that they only know that you get these torches on Hasid, they'll say, Oh, really it was a Hasid. They can't do it on Friday night. So they let us know on Saturday night. So that that it's a safety insurance against this case so that the people not get uh, make a mistake. So the Gemara says, So Amri, the people are gonna come along and say, What? They come they're going to see the torches on Saturday night. Amri They're going to say what? That really it's a, uh, it was a haser. And that's one option they could say. Again, the Gevara is speaking out what the people could actually think think when this happens. One option is on Friday, when they see the torches on, on Saturday night, they'll say, oh, it was a Hasid. Really Rosh Hashanah was Friday. They couldn't do it on Friday night, so they had to give us the uh, signal on Saturday. Good, that's one option. But there's another option. Or Dilma, if they're doing it on both. Or Dilma, malehu. Or maybe they'll think, maybe it's a maleh. Or So therefore, if you're going to do it on both, in that case, they really won't know when Rosh Chodesh was. So therefore, how do you solve that problem? You do it only on the Hasirs. So once they see Mutzay Shabbat there is a torch, they say, oh, it's got to be and we know that Motzeh Shabbat—that's the thirty-first day. So therefore, we say, "Oh, must be Chodesh was on the thirtieth on Friday. They couldn't give us the signal on Friday night, and therefore it'll be uh, it'll be understood." So the Gebarah comes along and says that uh, if that's the case, you didn't have to only do it the way they chose. If that—if that's what you're trying to solve—that case of a Chodesh that falls out on a Friday, meaning day thirty falls out on a Friday. Ibrahim says, Vili Avid bin Amaleh ben A Hasid. So just do it on both. Do it on a malay and do it on a Hassid. Now Vihim Mikla Rush Khodesh Shabbat. Same case. When Rush Khodesh comes out on Erib Shabbat, which means day 30, Lo Le Abid Klal, which means don't do anything. Don't light torches at all in that case. and de Lo Abdinan Mutza'e Shabbat. Since she didn't do it on Mutzae Shabbat, And normally you do it on a male, they'll know what's a hasid. It's very simple. Let's say, keep your custom, keep the rule that you should do it on both. Do it on a hasid, do it on a male. That should be the rule. Ah, you tell me, oh, Rabbi, you can make a mistake, but what's going to happen when the shkodesh is on a Friday? Beautiful. When the shkodesh is on a Friday, so that's day 30, and what? And Shabbat was day 31? Don't. Do any torches on Saturday night, and then people will say, Oh, they didn't do it like they normally do it on a male. Normally, they do it on a male. If they don't do it on male, what's the uh, people going to come to the conclusion? That must be it's not a male, must be it was on Friday. So, they will, by doing it on both, there's still a way to protect that you're not going to make a mistake in the case where the shodas falls out on a Friday. So, the government says, No, they're going to still make a mistake. <laughs> Why are they going to make a mistake? They didn't, they, you, you didn't do fires on Saturday night. No, Amri, hi malehu. Really, they're going to say, it could be it's a male. It it they say, oh, they probably had some circumstances that caused them not to do it. But really, it's a male, Which means, since they're always doing it on a male, so they'll say, they probably wanted to do it on Saturday night. They'll answer it up. And they'll say, oh, it's a male. And uh, therefore, they're going to still make the mistake. But if they know that you never do it on a maleh by not doing it, so therefore, they'll be forced to say that it is a hased, and the roshwad was on Friday. We did a she over here, uh, that she that says, uh, <laughs> what's the onus here? And she has to answer a question. So, why, why don't you always say that? That people will make a mistake on a Tuesday also. If you're doing it on a hasid or maleh, so you could always make this mistake. Uh, they always say, "Oh, maybe, maybe it's really a male," and they just forgot to do it tonight. No, that she's saying it's only a Saturday night item that they say this it. because they drink on Shabbat, so they're going to say, "Oh, everybody got drunk on Shabbat." Okay, Shabbat. That's why they didn't do it. So therefore, it's not going to solve anything by saying to do it, Ben Achasid, Ben Amaleh, uh, because in a case where the shulish comes out on a Friday. And you're not going to do it on Saturday night. We said, you won't do it on Saturday night. And you always do it. People say, oh, you didn't do it, so it's a Hasid. Said, no, on Saturday night they have an answer. They say, really, maybe it is a male. The reason why they didn't do it is because of shikrut. So the Yabrach says, wait. If that's what you're trying to solve, we still have a fix. What's the fix? So only do it on males then. And don't do it on... And, uh, on on chaser at all? What's, what's
1: what's what's the fix here? Does Right. He says, "Listen, why
0: don't you just say do it on the malay and not on the chaser?" Now. When those Chodesh comes out on Friday, the same case, 30, and you didn't do it on, uh, on Shabbat, what are they going to say? They're going to say, <laughs> They're going to say, Must be, it's a chaser. Why? Which is, we never make it on a chaser. So When it's a common practice that they don't do it on the chaser, so therefore the people are going to say, okay, this is another one of those type of uh, months over there. Which means when, uh, w- when it's not such a common common practice, then the people will, will answer it up. If they do it on Ben Hased Ben Amale, then the people can start answering it up, that there was uh, something happened. shichrut. But if the normal way is that they always do it on Malez, and they don't do it on Chasset, so therefore when they see Motsa'e Shabbat, that they didn't uh, do it. okay. They didn't do it because that's the way we always do it. We never do it on Chasset. They'll, they'll answer it up very good. So why don't you say, why, why don't you say that? So the Geburach comes along and says, so, The reason why they didn't chose, or choose I should say, to do it on malez and not hasez, because in the times that they used to celebrate Rosh Hashanah one day, before we got to our time where we do it two days automatically, there was a time they did Rosh Hashanah one day, so if they're going to only do it on malaise, there'll come a case where, let's say, Rosh Hashanah really should have been on the second day, and they're going to come along and end up doing both days. So therefore, we don't want it to mevatel the am from melacha on two days. And she will tell us exactly how that's going to pan out, but that, that's the point. Odpaham, if you're going to only do on malaise and not chaser, let's, let's say it was a chaser month. Let's say Rosh, Chodesh, Rosh Hashanah was on day 30. Beauty. And now they're going to have to keep day 30 anyway, the people, because they're not going to know. So day 30, automatically they're keeping. That's the first day of Rosh Hashanah. Now 30 by night, they'll get the torches. Beauty. 31, they'll go to work. 31, they go to work. So therefore, they gain the day at work. Now if you don't do the torches till day 31 by night, they got to hedge on both days. So therefore, you're causing them to always do two days of Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, you're battling them from a menachah. So for that situation, they chose to do it on Friday, I'm sorry, Friday. I chose to do it on uh, Haseb and not Maleb. Read the she, the she will say here Abaye Amara Bayeb should be Tumelacha.
1: Beloga Zinan Gezerah. I am at Naabed Amaleb, Lahaser, Enleha Rosha She Enmi Batilin Benehagolam, Melacha Shnei Amin, Yom Shiloshim, Shemahayom Roshashana, Yom Shiloshim Behaj, and I will with rosh Hoshayam Roshashana. Abal.
0: Right, so that's it. So bottom line of Botei, we got the Gemara. The Gemara is basically saying they always did the Masuot on a hodish Hasid. Are you worried about the Friday night case? The Friday night case, the Gemara says, no, they're not going to be worried about a Friday night case because the people will… Since they never do it on a, uh, on, on a male, if they never do it on a male, then the people are not going to attribute it to shikrut. But if they always do it on male, the people say, oh, they probably wanted to do it, but they got drunk. That's the way that she's learning it. But if they never do it on a male, then the people say, oh, they don't do it on a male anyway, so why should they attribute it to getting drunk? They will say they didn't do it. But if they're always doing it on a male, so they'll say they probably wanted to do it, because they usually do it on a male, but they got drunk, so therefore that's why they didn't do it. Uh, why don't you do it uh, 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 on the Malay, the Gevara says? The Gevara says, because if you can do it on the Malay, uh, o- although we fixed it, because we, we're not going to have a problem on a, sa- on a, on a Friday, Rosh Hodesh, you're going have a problem with for those Shana, two days. The Gevara then says, Kesad masi'in masuot?" Okay, how do they do this uh, torture system? If Maybe in close note. Now we move fast. There's four types of Cedars. Eres is a cedar. Eres katrom et shemen, ubrosh. Okay, those are the four. Now the Gibraltar says what are these trees? Katrom. What is Katrom? Amarab Addera. That's called Adera tree. Debera Bishela Amri. Debera Bishela said uh, uh, Mabliga. The Amri La, and some say Zu Gulmish, Ufliga Dira Baba Rabuna. Why would Amab Barbaruna say? Am Amriberab Asara Mine Arazim. There's actually ten types of Arazim. The Pasuk is only going to quote seven of them. We'll stay tuned for the final three. Shin'emar, here we are. Eten Bambidbar Eres, Shita, Hadas, Et shemen Asim Baraba, Berosh, Tidhar, Utashur. Those are seven in the Pasuk. So the Gabbarat says, Eres, what is Eres? Arzah that's the serum. Shita turnita, that's the pine. Hadas asa, that's the myrtle branch. Etshemen shemin afarsema, that's the balsam. Drosh berata boxwood. Tithar shaga. It's called fear. Teashur shurbina. So the Gibraltar says Abhanishiva, he said it's seven, but in the Pasok we only listed seven. Kyatar Abdimi Amar Estrimo Kosifu Alehem Alonim Almonim and al so what are these things over here? The Gemara says Alonim butme. That's the elm. Almonim balute. That's the oak. Almugin Kasita, That's coral. Ikade amri Arunin, armonin almugin. Now, what are these items? Aronin are. That's the laurel. Armonim dulbe. That's chestnuts. Almugin Kasita, That's the coral. Now, the Gemara is going to tell us a little about this precious item on the bottom of the sea called. Coral. The Gevadael is going to say how they uh, mine it from the bottom of the sea. This is talking about over here that uh, when Mashiach comes, there's going to be a big gush of water that's going to come from the Beta HaMikdash. And it's going to be such a forceful water that even the big ships called Sea Adir is not going to be able to cross it. So the liberals, what is this big ship that they're talking about? Amarab Zuburni Gedola. It's referring to this big, large ship called burnigedola And She gives you the name of it, uh, called Drumunch. Heki Now, what would they, what would they use this ship for? So it says, unbelievable story. Maitu Shit Betresad One version says they would bring six thousand men for twelve months. And some say to Gabre, twelve thousand men for six months, and they would fill the boat up with sand. Uh, and what would happen? The boat would settle to the bottom of the seabed. And then what would they do when the boat settles to the bottom? The divers would jump in. They would take ropes of flax. And they would tie the coral to it. And then they would take the other side of the rope, and they would tie it to the boat. So now the boat is tied to the coral. And now what? They take the sand off the boat and throw it off. What happens to the boat? The boat starts to float up now. When the boat starts to float up, because it has now less weight, it ends up pulling out the coral from the seabed as it's going up. And therefore, that's the system. It was very expensive, this coral. It was so valuable that one measure of coral, they can get two measures of silver. There was three ports, basically, where they would mine this stuff. Two of them are in the, by the, uh, uh, some say, Romae or Aramae, could Romans or the Arameans. And one was what? Debe parsae in the Persian territory. Debe arba'e maskan kasita. In the Aramean territory, they would bring up regular coral. Debe Parsa'e maskan marganiyata. In the Persian one, they would take up pearls. Umekaria Parvata de They would call it the port of the kingdom. That was the one that was in Paras. Amar Buhana. Called Shita Veshitta, Shinatlu, nochrim Yerushalayim. It seems when the Goyim came and conquered Yerushalayim, they destroyed all the pine trees. So it says that all those pine trees that they destroyed Atid, kadosh Baruchu, La Aziranna. So the Baruchu is going to restore it. Shin'emar, Eten, which is future. Bamidbar, Erez, Shita. I'm going to give you the cedar and the pine. The midbar. I'm going to put it in the desert. How do you know that's Yerushalayim or Israel? So it says the end midbar el Yerushalayim. How do we know that midbar is referring to Yerushalayim? She ne Sion midbar hayata. Sion is obviously referring to Yerushalayim, and it refers to it as a midbar. Ve'amar B'yuchana kol al dome Torah. The end omel Person studies a lot of Torah, but he doesn't then share it with others. Dome lehadas ba midbar. It's like a beautiful hadas that has a good smell, but it's in the midbar. Nobody can enjoy it. So it's the same guy. This guy has a beautiful Torah, but nobody's able to enjoy his Torah. It's a waste. Ika de amre kol halomed Torah is the opposite. Whoever teaches Torah umelamedah. I'm sorry. Whoever learns and teaches. Let's say there's no other other scholars in the town. So he takes the responsibility to teach people Torah domele hadas ba midbar. He's like a hadass in the midbar, the habib, because there's not too much stuff out there. So when the guy sees a hadass in the midbar, he says, "Wow, beautiful! There's nothing else out there." So then, when there's nothing else out there in the community, and the guy says, "You know, I'll, I'll start to teach Torah," he has that uh, that benefit. Woe <speaking> to <in> the goyim <language> that they persecuted the Jewish people. <speaking in> the <language> there's no takana. What they destroyed is irreplaceable okay, so they took the the copper we can we can we can always exchange copper for better we'll bring gold barzel. okay instead of iron avi kesef. will bring silver instead of the wood that they they burnt copper barzel. instead of the wood, we can bring iron. So, there's always a replacement for everything. However, unbelievable Gemara. How do you replace Rabbi Akiva and the of Gimalchud? What are you going to make to replace them? Which means the Guyim killed the, the Tzaddikim. He can't replace the Tzaddikim. Therefore, the Gemara comes along and says that is an irreplaceable item. They murdered them brutally uh, for, for teaching Torah. Regarding that, it says, damam lo nikiti," which means God says, "I could forgive them, but I can't forgive them. I can forgive them for the other sins, Before they did to the tzaddikim, that's unforgivable." If you look at right, the bottom of the sheet, damam which
1: means. Uh,
0: We say, uh, the blood is going to be avenged. Okay, we go back to the Mishnah. So it says, where did they do the Masuot? They went from Harazetim, and then they went to Saltaba, etc., etc., all the way to a place called Bet Baltin. And for Bet Baltin, that's where the Pupedita people sought. So the Gebra says, my Bet Baltin. What is this place called? Bet Baltin. So the Givorah says, Amarav, Zubiram, let's refer to uh, Biram, I guess it's the, uh, the border of Eretz Yisrael, you have to say. So it says, My Golan. Now it says the whole diaspora, sword. Now obviously it cannot be the whole diaspora, the whole diaspora doesn't have a vantage from uh, the border of Eretz Yisrael. So it says, Amarav Yosef, Zububbedita, okay, the city of paredita, that was on the border. So the Givorah says, My Kimidurat ish, or Haish, it says that the entire the diaspora was uh, uh, lit up like a bonfire. Now, how? Just because they were waving a, a, uh, a torch on B'Altin, why does that automatically cause the uh, Pumpedita to be lit up like a bonfire? Tana, so each person would take a uh, um, a torch and wave it. Uh, so therefore, they would go up to the top of their roofs. So that that's why it looked like a bonfire. Everybody would recognize that they saw it, so they would start waving the you know waving the torches back, so it looked like the entire uh, uh, gola was lit up. Now we didn't mention it, but it's brought down that the reason why they had to wave it in the way they did it is so the people don't mistake in it for a shooting star because a, a, a meteor just goes you know in one direction. The fact that they did it up and down and across, so therefore they'll. They'll know that it's a fire and not a star. That's the reason why they did it. <speaking in Hebrew> the bride continues, Tanya. Rabbi Shem'on bin Al-Azhar So the Gemara now adds a couple of more mountains to this list over here. Charim, uh, Chayar, and Geder and its companions, they call it. Ashi, Hayu, Hayu. Oh, so now the question is over here, is this what? Are these intervals between the mountains that we mentioned, meaning the same uh, lineup? Or is this a different uh, road that they had? Which means that those were on the other side of Eretz Yisrael, they use these mountains. There's two basic uh, uh, roads, let's say, or paths to get to Babel. So if you're on one side, you did the ones that the Mishnah said. If you're on the other side, you use these mountains. It's just a different path to get to the same destination. More Hashiv the Haigisa, or Morhashiv the Haigisa. And each rabbi was just giving, you know, the different side of Eretz Yisrael, which mountains they used to ultimately get to the same destination, which was Bavir. Amar Rabbi Yohanan, ben kol achat ve That what? Uh, between between each one of these mountains, uh, I guess there was what we said, there was five points from the Mishnah. So in between each one was eight parsaot. So the Gemara says, So what is it? So it's really four uh, spaces. So the four spaces is eight times four. 32 parsaot. So it seems that was the uh, distance from uh, the beginning to the end. So the Gemara says, is that true? Is 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 uh, is is that all it is? Um, so let's say each partizan the they're saying over is like three miles like between two and three miles, let's say. So therefore, we're saying that what there was uh, thirty two of them. So thirty two, about one hundred miles, let's say. So the Gemara's asking, it's not one hundred miles from Eretz Yisrael from to Pumpedita. The Geburah says we see it's much more. they Haya Idana it's much more than that. How are you getting this would of a hundred miles? Today the roads are obstructed. So you can't get there. That's why it takes longer. But in the olden days, when the roads were open, that's way You take the shortcuts. <clears throat> you go through the mountains or you go to wherever you go to. That, that's how long it is. It's like, uh, you know, whenever you get to a certain place, if you have good roads, so it cuts right through. It takes shorter time to get there, but if you don't have the roads, so therefore it takes longer. And the Gavara says, how do you know that? It's a pasuk. I'm going to uh, uh, put thorns on your roads. Another pasuk says, He twisted my paths, which means the roads are going to be uh, twisted in the sense that there's not going to be a chance to go in a straight road. Okay, now we go to the next Mishnah. Now, the witnesses show up. So where do they go? Haser Gedola haitab So there was a big uh, courtyard in Yerushalayim. U'bet Ya'zik Nekret. The name of it was called Ya'zik. The Gemara actually is going to discuss the name of this uh, Haser. U'lshab kol All the witnesses that would come and testify, they would gather uh, in this place. Now, obviously... We're talking about uh, the witnesses that arrived on uh, Shabbat, and Shabbat—that's where there was the holding place for these uh, for these witnesses over here. Again, we're talking about people that traveled outside the tomb, so they had to put them in a certain spot over there. Because once you travel outside the tomb, okay, now you're there. You're limited really on where you could walk once you traveled outside the tomb. So they put them in this you know fenced place called Bet Yasek, and really they're only allowed to travel now. Or walk in Bet Yazakh. Because again, the rule is once you leave your Trum, you only get four Amot. You only get four Amot, so therefore, technically, they're uh, limited. But it's really more than four Amot, because you get to walk in a walled city. So in a, in a walled area, you get the whole area. So they put them in this penned area called Bet <coughs> And if they had left the Trum, they would be able to <coughs> at least walk through Bet Yazakh on Shabbat. Mefarachim asked, we know why? Wouldn't they be able to walk through the whole city of Yerushalayim? After all, Jerusalem had a wall on it. They should be able to walk the whole city. And they say because is talking about after the wall was breached, so therefore it was not considered a wall. In any event, it says, Otam Sham, would examine over there. It's an amazing thing they would uh, uh, give them uh, incentives to come. What was the incentives to come? They would provide for them, so look at that, nothing changes. Even in those days, <coughs> the witness knows that he's going to have a nice Sa'uda, uh, if he's contemplating to go or not, the Sa'uda will put him over the, uh, put him over the hill. Therefore, he'll go uh, become the witness. But misham like we just said. Initially, the witnesses really couldn't move from Beit Ya'azek the whole day. Based on the halachot of tehomin, once somebody leaves the tomb, okay, that had a tear to leave the tomb, that was okay. But now, once they got there, you're stuck in place. If somebody leaves the tomb, you only have four amot. So therefore, they couldn't leave Beit Yazik. What do you mean? But they could walk. They could walk in the whole Beit Yazik, because again, like I said, it was walled. They don't want to cons- make them homebound now that they can't walk. So he gave them 2,000 amat to each direction like a regular resident of the city. Why did he do that? Because otherwise, if you're going to tell them that you're going to be homebound and you can't move once you get here, they're not going to want to show up in the first place. So it's like, They made these leniencies not only for moon witnesses, but a midwife, let's say, that comes to deliver a uh, new baby. If you're going to tell her well, you're allowed to leave your tomb, of course. But once you get here, you're stuck. You can't move. She's not going to come in the first place. So they allowed her also to take 2,000 amma. Let's see how these rescuers, first responders, we would call them today, that are coming to save people from a fire, or from an army, or a flooding river, or a collapsed building. They gave them also leniency, they could travel, meaning by foot, the whole city. Even though from the strict laws of Tehumin, they really don't have it. They only have four amot. If we allow them to come, we allow them to come. Once they're there, they should be stuck. But if you tell them you're stuck and you can't walk, they're not going to come in the first place. Let's have a dashi over here. On the Mishnah,
1: I thought we shall aim, call Hyadim at Kane Sim, she had a little labo lahai. Loha use as Nisham, the fishy as home, the Hyuse and Amot. she who got del pit the short Wow, She's hearing that. Okay, I mean, it's, it's been, I guess the adults
0: are able to, uh, to, 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 to deal with the overflowing river the problem is the kids don't know how to swim and it's too strong for them so there's people dying so you need these rescuers to come along and save the kids from the overflowing river Now,
1: is this the source for the Moshe Feinstein's heter for Hatala members to return
0: it's based on this 100% it's based on this uh, unfortunately it can, be, it can be abused this uh, halacha but uh, yes the, if you're not going to let these guys come back but by the way uh, there's other solutions. Just make make more hatzalah members in localized neighborhoods, and therefore you don't have to worry about a guy from Brooklyn getting stuck in Borough Park. Keep the guys in Borough Park. Let them have their own hatzalah, and therefore you don't have to send them tzvada to have this se'ter. So if you could solve it without having to make your halul shabbat on the on, on the way back, then then of sure, then for sure it should be done. And that's what they actually did. Now they have it really in every community, so it's not so bad. Or make more volunteers. If you have more volunteers, uh, the closer guy will be able to get there. So you don't have to worry about a guy getting stuck over there and having to drive back. But they try to minimize it. To their credit, they try to minimize this and not, you know, take, not without compromising Pikuah Nefesh, obviously. Ibayalehu, Bet Tenan, or Bet Ya'zektenan. Okay, some more semantics. What's the name of the uh, place that they would gather? Is it Bet Ya'azek with the iron? or is it Be'et without the ayin? Well, what's the choices here? Be'et Tenan, that's a nice word, Lishna Me it's a positive expression, that's referring to over there that, he put a fence around it, the field, and he took the stones away, and therefore, what's the analogy to, to this place over here? That Bet Ye'azek was similar to that, it was... Uh, a place which was protected, had a fence around it. So we called it Bet Yazek, like Bet Yazek. Why? It's, a, it's an expression of discomfort. He was bound in chains. And I guess, what's the uh, discomfort over here? I guess the discomfort was that initially they weren't allowed to move when the people got there on Shabbat. So there was like a Bet Yazek, like you're you, you confined over there. That's what they call it, that. Well, you see that they made them big se'udot. Nobody was trying to agonize the people that came for uh, testimony. After all, we said they made them big se'udot. So therefore, it must be that it's not called yazek, meaning confined. They weren't confining them in the sense that they were trying to make it uncomfortable. They tried to make it actually comfortable for them. Think about us, what are you talking about? Maybe, maybe it's two things. Maybe, yeah, they gave them se'udot, but they still agonized them in the sense that they couldn't move. So, therefore, just because they gave them se'udot does not mean that they weren't confined. So, maybe it's still called Yazik. So, really, I have no proof from that. The Si'udot doesn't really let me know uh, whether it was called Yazik or Yazik. It could have been both. Right. Maybe I said no, maybe they had Sa'ad in one area and they had comfort, comfortability, comfortability in a different area. Okay. Now we get to the uh, actual Bidikot and hakirot, which means how did they interrogate the witnesses? but That means they don't just don't they just don't accept testimony when a witness comes. They don't say okay, you know, whatever he says, they just believe him blindly. They have to interrogate him to make sure that he's telling the truth shon shon. So it's first come, first serve. The first pair that arrives, they get examined first. They bring the older one in first over there. Uh, I guess, obviously, they would interrogate them separately. You don't want them to corroborate if they're going to be, uh, you know, uh, together. or oh, that's how you can corroborate. You, know, you do one at a time, and you can see if there's any, uh, you know, uh, uh, falsehoods or discrepancies in what they're saying. Um, furthermore, they would always do the older witness uh, first. I guess that was for kavod. Veomnimlo emor ketzadra ita telebana. Tell us how you saw the uh, the new moon. I mean, you're claiming you saw the new moon. The fneah hama or lahar hama. Was it before the sun or was it uh, was it after the sun? What is this uh, uh, telling us over here? Uh, Rashi kesad botchin et haedim yichul la
1: fneah Okay, so basically,
0: basically the sun is traveling what? Uh, basically, it's going from east to west. That's the uh, moon's, uh, sun's uh, cycle, like we know.
1: Okay. Okay, like we saw,
0: like we saw, we said that in the 30th uh, day, um, it could only be seen really, it's got to have favorable conditions, we said, because there's a sliver of light on it, it's very, very, you know, little small light, so it's only seen when the sun is coming down, so the bright sun is not shining on the moon, so therefore you're able to see the brightness of the, of the moon, it says, like we learned
1: earlier. Good. Which means what? what? for natural. Did did you, you see, the, right. did you see the moon to the north of the sun?
0: Or <inaudible> Okay, that, 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 thats what we need to know at this point. basically they're going to see the moon in relation to the sun. So they want to know which side did you see it on, and based on their answer, they're going to be able to know if they're telling the truth or not, and they'll be able to corroborate. Continue. The The the
1: so the government
0: is going to say that this question that they ask is not an accurate question based on where the witnesses are going to be standing. So the governor is going to question, is it indeed... The question, did you see it to the north or south, or is the question, did you see it to the east or the west? Okay, I will exactly make that analysis uh, very shortly. The gibara then says, What does it mean? How uh, How? How high was
1: it? Yeah,
0: because sometimes it's just the moon is lower to the horizon, or sometimes it's higher. So i give us an example, how high was it? Furthermore, Ul which way was it pointing? What does it mean which way was it pointing?
1: The sad safon or sad darom Right, I think
0: they call that about the crescent. Which side is the is the crescent uh, uh, showing? Which is the points. Uh, is it uh, is it uh, facing so, south or west? So she's the, uh, is it like this, or is it is, is the other way? This way, or is it this way? Like that she's drawing in the, uh, in the pictures over there. Okay, uh, i sorry, and how wide was it? She says, how wide did it look? im amar So if they said they saw it before the sun, so therefore the testimony is right away dismissed. We'll see exactly why. Then they bring the second witness, now, if we see that they're coming to say the same testimony, they're in agreement, that's it, we have witnesses. Then the rest of the witnesses, they really should dismiss them. We, we have our two witnesses. But they ask them, you know, questions. They ask them, uh, you know, uh, the main uh, points. Not that we really need them. Again, we established the testimony, the first two witnesses, We don't want them to leave disappointed. We walked all the way here to Jerusalem. We got here. And now uh, they don't even need us. They don't even uh, give us the time of day. We want them to be accustomed to come the next time. But if you're not going to even pay attention to them, they're not going to come. Okay. Very good. Okay. Now let's start the Gemara. Gemara begins. chama The Mishnah said that one of the questions that they ask uh, the witnesses, did you see it before the sun uh, or did you see it after? Later on we said, did you see it to the north of the sun or the south? Now the Khawara, the Gibbara is assuming that that's really the same question, just asked in a different way. So the Gibbara says, Hainu this Isn't that the same question? Lidroma. So the Gibra says, no, no, no. The second question that they asked uh uh the uh, uh, north and south, Amara Pigi Mata or the first question Pigimata Lifna or La Hara the first question they were asking was uh uh the they're calling it the uh uh um uh, yeah like we said the crescent the 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 place the part of the moon that's indented let's say is is the let's say the moon is like is this here right so it's a, it's the, and this is the indented part the inside of it so which which part is that facing is that facing lefna Hama or is it facing so, if the first question was not the actual position of the of the, of the actual uh, 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 sun, like we or the moon, it was before sunset or to the east of it or to the west of it. Not it was discussing the, the, the indentation of the moon. To what side was it? Uh, if they say it was uh, facing the sun, lo Amar They're saying nothing. Why? Ufa had emo oses shalom b'meromav, which means what? Me lord atah hamah pigimata shel levana that bore olam made it that the uh, uh the sun will never see that area that side of the moon. Veno pigimata shel keshet and not either the pigimah, the indentation of the rainbow. Pigimata shel levana the halshadarta. Well, I guess the moon, uh, it's embarrassed that it has that side of it, because that's the dark side of it. So therefore, if the sun is going to see, or the pigima side of it, the, the indentation part of it, it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's going to hurt its feelings. So that's what the pursues. says, And the reason why the sun does not see the uh, the uh, the indentation of the rainbow, <coughs> because then it will cause the of the Hamad, the people that worship the sun, what are they going to say? Gireh kam They're going to say, the sun is shooting arrows at those that deny it. Read Rashi. Gireh kam hazot, chisim hi yora lehelachem ba kofrim ba, shah yoreh v'keshet noten
1: pegymat hakeshed a keshet,
0: right when you when you're when you're holding a keshet a bow, the indentation part is facing you, right? The concave part is facing you, and then you put the arrow on it and you shoot. So therefore, uh, it's gonna uh, it'll look like as if um, that the sun is shooting arrows, uh, and therefore we don't want of to... the to see it as if the sun is, you know, protecting itself from all the people that uh, that uh, don't uh, worship it. So therefore, it's it's the reverse way. So therefore, it doesn't look like the sun is using the the uh, bow, the rainbow, as a you know, as a weapon. So if it's facing the other way, that's not the normal way you would hold a uh, a bow. So therefore, that that would take care of that. Now let's we have a couple of minutes here. Let's just read. Uh, there is a, a few uh, notes over here that are kedai to read, just to get some clarity on this uh, on this subject. I'm just reading note number 37, if you want to read it in the article English. The Mishnah stated that in order to test the witnesses, the Betin asked them two questions. Uh, question one, was the moon before, meaning ahead of the sun or behind it? Question two, was the moon sighted to the north of the setting sun or to the south? Now as explained, the new moon witnesses can see the new moon only in late afternoon, as we learned it, as it trails the setting sun that is angling towards the north. Accordingly, after the setting sun is the same as to the south, and before the setting sun is the same as to the north. What is the purpose of two identical questions? Then he says the new moon appears as a thin crescent since the moon is really round, its it's concavity is, uh, is called its indentation, for that is where the moon seems to be indented. Correct, you don't see that part. According to Abayir, the question asked of the witnesses was whether the concavity of the moon was facing the sun, you see the picture of that, or was it facing away from the sun? Okay, very good. In fact, in actual fact, at any moment after the moon's surface is illuminated by the sun, However, to the observer's position on earth, not all of the lighted part is visible. At times, none is visible, as we know, and at uh, times, uh, there's another picture, we see it's, it's the uh, concavity is actually facing away from the sun. So therefore, um, the Gemara says, you know if they answer one of these questions, if they're telling the truth or not. Both a rainbow and the moon receive their light from the sun, Thus, their unlighted part always faces away from the sun. That's it. Accordingly, the Hanan states that the sun has never seen or never faced the concavity of the moon or the rainbow, like we explained. Okay, Rebbe we'll stop over here. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.